You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock, my name is Christopher Linfont of thebaltimorefeather.com, bringing you another episode of the Nest Talk podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. But you already knew that, and that's why you are here. And before we start, I would like to make sure that if you are listening on iTunes, I would encourage you to please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Get all of the podcast episodes available to you immediately upon their arrival on the platform. Uh, Make sure to rate us. Give us an honest rating on uh, iTunes. Helps other people see it. And, of course, it gives us good feedback to whether or not you're liking the show. If you are listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all the latest podcasts and other videos we put out on a regular basis um, basically sent to you immediately so that way you don't miss them. You know, it's important uh, to say that, not, you know, just for, you know, the growth of the channel here, but uh, because YouTube quite often experiences problems um, delivering content to your subscription box, a lot of people always say that they miss content if they don't hit the notification bell sometimes. So if you don't want to miss any content, make sure to hit that notification bell, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and of course, give us a like if you like it. If you dislike it, fine, give us a dislike, but leave your comments below uh, on what we can improve on the podcast. Any suggestions? Uh, Next week's going to be a big episode, just some housekeeping things before we start. Next week will be a big episode. We have a special guest um, who I will probably announce. Maybe I won't announce it. Maybe we'll keep it a surprise till the episode airs. Uh, but I think you'll like him. Uh, we'll talk some Ravens fantasy football uh, and other things as well. But moving now on into the show, I think that's about all the housekeeping items we have. Uh, moving on into the show, today is um, August 16th, 2019. We're recording it a little late tonight, around 9 p.m. Hopefully this gets out uh, sometime tonight. And of course, it is a Friday. Happy Purple Friday to all of the Ravens fans listening. And if you're not a Ravens fan listening, welcome anyway. It's it's nice to have you. But of course, this is a Ravens show. And if you watched, um, well, if, if you're a Ravens fan, there's a good chance you watched the preseason game last night. I know not everybody watched it. Again, it's the preseason. They don't get the ratings, the plays. Really, uh, it's not as important to fans maybe as some other games. But I keep saying it over and over again. I love the preseason because it does give us time to start to figure out who's going to be on this roster. Now, um, last night, it was was a good game. Uh, We will talk about that towards the end of the episode. Uh, We want to talk about some more news things first here. Uh, And I think we'll go a little shorter on this episode than normal just because we had a delayed episode on Tuesday. So it's only like three days after that. So there's not as much news as normal. Uh, But we do have news... And of course, we will talk about um, we will talk about the preseason game, the performances of specific players, uh, and basically what that outcome means for these guys. Um, so, first off, as you already know, the Ravens earlier this week signed Sean Smith and Elijah Qualls, a punter from Dayton and rookie punter from Dayton, and defensive tackle. I believe in his third year out of Washington, respectively. That's Smith, the punter, out of Dayton, and Qualls, the defensive tackle, out of Washington. Now, it's important to note this. Um, they were signed early this week. I believe one was, like, Sunday, and I know Sean Smith was Monday. 
Uh, if you are not paying attention to Raven's Twitter, maybe you wouldn't know this because it's not something that you know the app is going to send out or you know the national newspapers are going to pick up on. Uh, but the Ravens actually didn't keep these guys, either of them, for over a week here. Um, last night, before the preseason game even began, uh, per the transaction wire, the NFL's official transaction wire, Elijah Qualls was actually cut by the Ravens. And today, after his preseason debut for the Ravens, uh, punter Sean Smith was cut as well. Um, so this is interesting to me because... Well, first off, Qualls didn't even get a chance to play, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, and Smith did get a chance to play. I didn't think he did that badly. We'll talk about him in a second here on uh, his performance. But it, it, it definitely shows you that the Ravens have better plans, maybe bigger plans at least, for this roster. They are moving guys around left and right here, bringing them in and cutting them. They're trying to find the best 90 men available for them right now. And, you know, Eric DaCosta does not believe at least... Sean Smith or Elijah Qualls um, provides them a, a major benefit. You know, in all honesty, they don't because, I mean, we don't know the reasons that either of these have been cut. These two players, we were not given official reasons, but of course we can speculate here, which I don't like to do too much, but I think we can speculate a little bit with this. Uh, and first, you know, Elijah Qualls, because he was the first cut between the two. I mean, looking at that defensive tackle unit, it's going to be very hard for him to crack it because you've got Brandon Williams being paid a mega contract. You've got Michael Pierce, who's pretty much better, I think, right now than Brandon Williams. Could change, maybe not. But Michael Pierce, you know, sitting in there doing the dirty work in the trenches. Um, you know, you, it's just a super, super deep uh, positional group. And, you know, those are the two starters. Um, but you have other guys in there as well that are going to contribute. Um, you know, most Ravens fans know, you know, Willie Henry is in there. Um, he's done good things. You've got Chris Wormley, who's more of a defensive end, but could, you know, be considered a tackle. Patrick Ricard is having a great preseason. Looks phenomenal at defensive tackle. The Ravens drafted Dalen Mack this year. Uh, I believe it was the fifth round. So maybe it was, yeah, it was the fifth round. You've got a lot of guys he's competing with here, uh, Elijah Qualls, and, Look, he wasn't good enough to make the Eagles roster a couple years ago. He wasn't good enough to make the Panthers roster this past year. The Ravens really brought him in for depth, I think. And with, you know, the competition of Gerald Willis in there, who a lot of guys think are gonna make is gonna make this roster, although right now I'm not based on his preseason play, I'm not so confident on that, uh, with Pat Ricard in there as well. But you've got guys, you know, it's gonna be very hard for him to crack this, and he was already a preseason game behind. Didn't even get to play in the second preseason game. That's a little surprising to me, though. The Ravens didn't even get him into the second preseason game. But um, no idea what they're going to do with that roster spot. They haven't made a signing, to my knowledge, at this point. Uh, and, of course, then you have Sean Smith opening up another roster spot. And the Ravens will have to bring in another punter because they need a punter. They're not going to give Sam Cook all the punting responsibilities. Now, uh, the reason they may have cut Sean Smith, you know, it's not quite clear. Because he did do well in the Packers game last night against the Packers. Um, you know, he kicked, what was it, three punts? I've got it right here. He kicked three punts for 145 yards. So it was about an average of like, I had it, 40-something maybe? 40-something um, 
whatever 145 divided by 3 is. Uh, I don't feel like doing mental math right now. Let me check this out. But we've got, you know, 48.33 um, yards average per punt. Now, it was not a bad night for him at all. And I'll be honest with you, I started getting disinterested with the game towards the end. I had a long day, started getting tired. Um, so I might not be the best, you know, at remembering this here, but nothing out of the ordinary for Sean Smith here. I thought he did fairly. I didn't think he did amazing. I don't think he did terrible, but he, he played fairly for his position, for what the Ravens needed him to do. Um, and he just didn't cut it. And, you know, for the Ravens at least, he didn't cut it. Whatever it was that Eric DaCosta was looking for in a punter, didn't get it. So the Ravens are going to have to sign another punter. Maybe they're looking for a guy who can come in here and do what Kerry Vedvik did. Um, not, of course, to the degree Kerry Vedvik did it, but the responsibilities, at least for the preseason, kicking, you know, place kicking and punting, maybe save a roster spot throughout the preseason, and maybe they understand that Sean Smith is not going to be able um, to do that. So that's that's my guess. Otherwise, you know, why trade in a punter for another punter, especially if he's only a camp punter and not looking for a guy to replace Sam Cook. It's evident you're not looking for a guy to replace Sam Cook because you could have done it with Kerry Vedvik and traded away Cook if that's what they wanted to do. And we talked about that, I think, in a previous episode, that it was a distinct possibility that the Ravens would have moved on from Sam Cook, Sam Cook to get a younger Kerry Vedvik in here because uh, Sam Cook was up in age. But nope, they didn't do it. Uh, and I'm kind of I'm I'm glad they didn't do it. I don't think that's exactly what they should have done. Um, but again, the Ravens will have to address Sam Cook in the future. But it's not going to be Sean Smith. I'll tell you that with this cut right here. Now we do have another some injury news I want to talk about. Now there were two injuries last night that we got disclosed. One occurred last night, and one occurred I believe the day before or that week, this past week. But we're going to go with. The one that happened last night first. And I was thinking about saving this for the game recap, but it's probably more important to talk about in the news section because it does have um, a pretty big impact on the Ravens' future at inside linebacker. And that's Chris Board underwent or sustained, suffered a concussion in the middle of the game. Uh, I forget what quarter it was. I think it was maybe the second quarter. Uh, Don't hold me accountable for that. But Chris Board essentially went to make a tackle. Uh, and collided helmet to helmet collision with the Packers offensive player. I don't remember who it was, um, but you could see he was immediately shaken up. Uh, trainers took him off the field into the blue tent, went into concussion protocol, uh, and the Ravens announced that he actually had a concussion. I believe it was the middle of the game. Uh, in you know, as the game was going on, they announced it. So that's a big problem, not only for Board because Board is an undrafted free agent from last year, made the team, didn't start. Got in a little bit, if I remember correctly. Um, didn't do a whole lot, though. But this past training camp, he's really taken a step up. Um, and coaches wanted to see what he can do. And he's been running with the ones a lot. You know, Kenny Young stole the performance last week. He stole the show with that big hit on Gardner Minshew. But Chris Board has been running with the ones primarily. And he's done fairly well. Now, this isn't a primarily deep inside linebackers unit. I like what, what Peanut and Wasso brings to the table. But I'm not sure Peanut and Wasso can do it alone. He can't do what C.J. Mosley could do. Now, could the two of, of a combination of, of Peanut and Chris Board have done what, what C.J. Mosley would have done for this defense? I don't know. 
I would have liked to have known throughout the preseason. But with a concussion halfway through it, it's going to take him at least like three or four weeks to fully come back. You know, it could it could be a week, but I'm going to say three or four weeks to be completely healthy. You know, to have no ling- lingering problems, right? I think that's reasonable. I mean, it's possible he comes back sooner, but you know, you got to assume his preseason's done at this point. You've, that's what you have to assume if you're the Ravens, because you're not going to just bank on Chris Board coming back after a major concussion setback like this. Um, so now the question is, what do the Ravens do at inside linebacker? Do they think Chris Board will be able to keep, you know, running with the ones when he gets back? If he gets back in time to start the year, I would imagine he would. But who takes over running with the ones? And does that player now prove he's better than Chris Board? Can do more than Chris Board? Is it Kenny Young? Is it Alvin Jones? Is it Otero Alaka, the undrafted free agent who also got hurt last night but came back in the game. Uh, I don't have the answers at this point, in all honesty. And I'm going to delve into my film review tomorrow. I haven't done the film review of the first preseason game. I haven't had time. It's been a pretty pretty busy week with everything going on. Um, So I'm going to do that first, but then I'm going to do both these games tomorrow. uh, And really, I'm going to chart them out and see who's impacting, you know, what here, who looks the best, especially an inside linebacker. And hopefully I'll, I'll have a more clear answer by the time we 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 get back for another podcast next Friday but um, right now it's it's way up in the air nobody actually knows who's going to take this inside linebacker spot but you know you'd think Kenny Young has the edge just because he's a fourth round pick he's had some plays this preseason um, did well when he was put in the games last year but Alvin Jones has looked good this preseason too and training camp he looks good when I went down there. And Otero Alaka, the Ravens find undrafted inside linebackers all the time. Wasn't wasn't Peanut even an, an undrafted linebacker? I don't remember, but I mean they find these guys. I mean Bart Scott was one of them for the Ravens. So you've got to imagine that, you know, the Ravens are at least comfortable with the situation, you know, and potentially finding somebody in there who could pair up with Peanut. But the question is, who's he going to be? And is that person going to be enough during the regular season? Uh, we won't know to the regular season if that person can actually produce at the level the Ravens need him to because, you know, preseason's one thing. Regular season is, uh, is a whole other animal. So, you know, Chris Board, again, to summarize here, he's probably out for the rest of the preseason, very much in danger of losing what looked like, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have the starting job yet, but he was kind of ahead in the in the run for it but now it looks like he's gonna lose that edge on these other players just because of this concussion and you know it is sad because he couldn't help it it's not his fault he got a concussion not his fault at all he went to make a tackle and the helmets collided and got shaken up that's just the nature of the game but it happens and the next man up's gonna have to you know come in here and, and prove that he is worthy of the starting spot because this this race was nowhere near over but it is taking out a contender. In all seriousness, it's taking out a contender for that first string position. Now, of course, I did mention there was another injury uh, piece of news we have to talk about, and this one's more more than just a piece of news. This is like, you know, huge news. This is probably the biggest news story of the week, and it didn't even happen 
before the pre it didn't even happen during the preseason game. It happened before the preseason game. We weren't told about it until after the preseason game. John Harbaugh went up uh, for his post-game press conferences. He always does and talks about what happened in the game, takes questions from reporters, and I'm not sure if he voluntarily gave this information or somebody asked him why Tavon Young was out, but essentially, uh, Tavon Young is not coming back this year at all. Tavon Young will be out for the entire year. And it's it's not a good injury, I'll tell you that. If you remember a few years ago, Tavon Young tore his ACL after his fantastic rookie season where he looked like, you know, a breakout star at cornerback. It was a great rookie season in 2016. 2017, he tore his ACL in OTAs. It was like the second day of OTAs, and he tore his ACL, and that was it. He was gone for the entire season. 2018, he came back, did very well, got a big extension, was happy for him, thought he fit well with this Ravens defense moving forward. And now here we are in 2019 here, and he suffered a neck injury. I think it was in practice. Not life-threatening, not career-threatening. He's not paralyzed or anything, but the Ravens are recommending surgery, and it will almost certainly keep him out for the entire year. There's always that possibility he comes back, but it does not look good right now for Tavon Young. And this is a major problem for the Baltimore Ravens because not only do they just pay Tavon Young, and look, it's not a mega contract, but it's a nice contract. He gets here to stay for, I think it was additional three or four years. Um, you're losing your best slot cornerback and a guy who could pair up with some of the best slot receivers in the league, in the nation, what have you. He could pair up with these guys, and he played very well. I mean, this is a secondary that is the deepest secondary in the league. But it's already getting chipped away at. And you now know that there's no way the Ravens will trade Jimmy Smith now with Tavon Young gone. They're not going to, going to deplete... Um, they're not going to deplete their uh, defensive backcourt even further than it already has to be. Because, quite frankly, that'd be stupid. That'd be very stupid for the Ravens to go out now and trade Jimmy Smith, a third-round pick. You know, Jimmy Smith and a third-round pick for Jadavion Clowney. I mean, Jadavion Clowney is a great player. Don't get me wrong. But now, you know, you lose Tavon Young. You lose Jimmy Smith, too. You got Marlon Humphrey and, and Brandon Carr as your only two reliable cornerbacks. So, you know, Anthony Averett, you know... Could start, maybe, but not... I mean, he's kind of shaky. He's looked kind of shaky this preseason. I'm sorry if you don't agree, but that's what I've seen. You know? But, you know, I will say, I think the Ravens do have some options at slot corner. You could put Anthony Averett in there. And slot, slot corner is not a position you're going to need all the time, right? You're not going to... You're going to use it in nickel packages primarily, and that's what Tavon Young's role a lot of the time was. Of course, you can shuffle guys around. You could put Brandon Carr in the slot. You could put... Jimmy or Marlin in there if you wanted to. Um, but I think someone who really could do wonders uh, in that, that slot cornerback position, believe it or not, is Cyrus Jones. Because Cyrus Jones has been winning the coaches over, and you could see why when he plays in the preseason. As we start to transition into the preseason recap here, uh, week two against the Packers, the 26-13 victory extends the Ravens' uh, preseason winning streak to 15. That's an NFL record again. Another one set by the Ravens here. I think I said it last week, but it's, it doesn't matter because, you know, they're gonna just going to keep winning as long as uh, they stay as a very deep team. Now, here's the deal, though. Um, back to Cyrus Jones. He has been 
impressing coaches, and he's impressed me with his play, he has tremendous value at kick returner. We know that. He, he did well. He's not the league's best kick returner, but he did very well for the Ravens last year when it counted. Okay? He's a serviceable starter. He can do things for you, and he can make plays. That's a fact. Cyrus Jones has good value there. He's got great value also because he's starting to emerge as an actual cornerback. You saw in the first preseason game, he went wild, got a uh, pass deflection, a tackle, and a return for a touchdown on a pick. And then, you know, in this game, gets like five tackles. Three solo tackles, five total tackles. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that Cyrus Jones should start immediately here. And he even got a quarterback hit to top it in there. But I think he's he's valuable for the Ravens, especially with Tavon Young gone. Because now he can play two positions if he has to. He could probably do, do some nice things in games. We'll have to see the way he finishes the preseason game. But what's interesting about um, Cyrus Jones, assuming he makes a roster and could start at, well, probably would start at uh, return specialist and do, you know, some plays, uh, participate as a slot cornerback, is now you free up a roster spot. You don't need a dedicated slot cornerback in there. And look, there are guys on this roster right now who I don't know. Like guys who have been here in the past, I don't know if they can make this team again. Looking at these these guys, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, I don't think he's going to make the team. Terrell Bonds is not going to make the team. Justin Bethel might. I mean, they gave him some money, but I mean, here we are again. It's only so many roster spots. It's going to be tight for him. Uh, and I don't know if Maurice Kennedy can make this roster. In all fairness, especially if Justin Bethel makes it. Because assuming Cyrus Jones makes it, you know, it's going to be tough for Maurice Kennedy. And you feel for him because he's had some bright spots and he's had some injury problems. But that's the nature of the game. It's, it's tough. So we'll see what Cyrus Jones can do. He's a good candidate to replace Tavon Young for the year. Of course, they can do some tricky things in there with Anthony Averett uh, and other guys as well. But they probably will keep one more cornerback um, than they would have, you know, if Tavon Young were not hurt. But that could, again, be filled by a guy who they didn't expect to play corner at all in, in Cyrus Jones, and they wouldn't have to keep an extra player. They free up another roster spot somewhere else. Um, and again, I mentioned it earlier, another guy who can do that for you is Pat Ricard, who's having tremendous preseason. If you look at what happened last night with him, um, last week he made a big impact on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but last night, I mean, two carries, four yards, um, he, he got blocks in there as well. Um, you know, it, it's not amazing, but he showed that, you know, hey, he can push the pile, he can make blocks, he can play on defense. I mean, he even came in with a, a fumble recovery on defense, stayed in there, it was it was a fumble recovery on like their, their own five-yard line or whatever, the Packers' five-yard line. Um, so the Ravens stayed in there on offense, and he was there again. He just stayed in the huddle. And he went in, and they tried to get him uh, to use get some blocks in there. I don't remember if they scored or not. But it, it, it shows that he has tremendous value on both sides of the ball because, as Brian Billick said last night, fullback is a dying breed. Now, I don't agree that fullback is useless, as some people might say. 
I think fullback is a very important position in football. I think having that lead block or having a guy who can go in there and just pound somebody to the ground on short yard situations is great. It's fantastic. And I like what, what Pat Ricard can do at that position. But if he can also play defensive tackle, and Wink Martindale's loved what he's done this year. He's talking about him, raving about Pat Ricard and what he can do with Pat Ricard on the field. If he can play both, that provides, again, tremendous value to the Ravens. These are two guys, Cyrus Jones, Pat Ricard, tremendous value, and open up roster spots for a guy maybe like a Maurice Kennedy, you know, or or a Trace McSorley. And, and Trace McSorley, I think, had a great night last night, but he's not a lock for this roster. Now, if you look at Trace McSorley's numbers from last night, 8 for 13, 74 yards, a touchdown and interception. decent. I mean, he's looking better and better and better. Um, those two inter- the in- two interceptions he's thrown in the past two weeks, uh, one in each game, both came under two-minute drills, so he's really forcing the ball, I think. That's the issue. But when he's not forcing the ball, when he's playing like himself, he's playing very well. I like what Trace McSorley is showing us. Now, he's not going to be the backup quarterback so long as RG3 is on this roster, because RG3 is the backup to Lamar Jackson. It makes sense that way. Everything about it just screams, you know, what the Ravens should do. On, that, on the offensive side of the ball. It makes sense. The, the two are very similar. Of course, RG3, less mobile at this point in his career, more injury-prone than Lamar. Um, but he would be able to run the offense. Now, Trace McSorley is unproven. We don't know what he can do. Um, but I'm liking what I see. And the Ravens want to know they're going to get other value out of Trace McSorley. Because keeping a third quarterback is something the team almost never does. They kept one last year just because they didn't trust Lamar Jackson to be the immediate backup to Joe Flacco. And I get it, because after the preseason, I was not trusting him either. So what's really the logic, you know, that the Ravens would employ to keep Trace McSorley? Again, special teams value, maybe defensive value as a defensive back. He's got to produce something else, because it's not like they're going to get rid of RG3 to keep this guy. People have been floating the idea he makes a practice squad. The problem with that... So if the Ravens do, number one, think he can provide value on special teams, they're not using him. And number two, if they want to develop him into a potential backup, you know, if they feel RG3 isn't reliable, injury problems, he could get picked up off waivers or something. Snagged by the Patriots. Who knows? So it's not, it's not, it's not a great idea to put him in a practice squad. We just don't know what's going to happen with him yet. But he had a good day yesterday. He's looking pretty good as a quarterback, and that's his main position. That's what he needs to do. Um, someone else who looked right yesterday, um, Justice Hill. Flat out looked good. 10 carries, 49 yards. This is an average of 4.9 yards a carry. A touchdown long of 14 yards. He looked shifty. He looked quick. And I have to say, he made some people, like, be pushed down. He pushed some people down to get the yards he wanted. Good day for him. A lot of people are hyped about Justice Hill. But, um, what that does do, and it, it pushes Kenneth Dixon really into a weird corner here. Because Kenneth Dixon's flat out going to get replaced. Six rushes, 14 yards, 2.3 average, longest of seven. Got injured, came back in the game later. I don't remember what the injury was. It's kind of limping after a play. I'm telling you, look, Kenneth Dixon, lots and lots of talent, but he's going to be replaced simply because he can't stay on the field. It's those darn injuries, and of course that suspension that happened a, fu- uh, a few years ago. Um, so you know... He's just not going to stay on the field. 
the Ravens are going to replace him. They're not keeping four running backs. They're just not. What are they going to keep four running backs for? They don't need to. They're not going to use four running backs. They're going to keep Gus Edwards. They're going to keep Mark Ingram. They're going to keep Justice Hill. And if they don't want Justice Hill for whatever reason, I mean, they drafted him. They got to Lance Turner, who ran for five on five carries, 29 yards. 5.8 yards a carry right there. 22 was his longest. I mean, these are guys in here that are doing well. And I just I just can't see Kenneth Dixon making this roster right now. He's got to do something bigger. He's got to do something bigger because right now he's being outplayed by the rookie. And, you know, he didn't need to be outplayed by the rookie to get caught. He just, he is being outplayed. That's a problem. Um, receivers here, I mean, look, it was good, I think, that Antoine Wesley made a couple plays. Um, two catches, one for five yards. One for 38 yards on two two targets, too. Um, so this is big because we needed to see more out of Antoine Wesley because so many people like what he's brought to the table during training camp. Preseason hasn't really didn't really show up in the first week of preseason. He got a target, but nothing happened. And I said in the preview and predictions, if you watched, if you read it, whatever, that Antoine Wesley had to do something. He had to outperform Jaleel Scott, and he flat out did. He... He outperforms Julio Scott. Julio Scott caught two balls for 23 yards. It's an average of 11.5 yards per catch. Antoine Wesley, 21.5 yards per catch. Neither of them caught a touchdown, but it was good. And Julio Scott was targeted three times, caught two of them. I don't remember whether or not that uh, incompletion was on target or not. Um, and then, of course, you've got Nick Boyle in there who got three catches. I think he was the tight end with the most catches. Uh, tried to hurdle a guy. It, if you saw the play, he, he kind of had an epic fail there. Tried to hurdle a guy, and basically, if you remember that Antonio Brown play from a few years ago where he kicked somebody in the helmet, it looked like that was going to happen, but then the Packers defender basically caught his foot, put it in his chest, and then just pushed him back. And I was afraid that Nick Boyle was going to get hurt because, you know, you're not supposed to bend a leg like that. Not supposed to be pushed back like that. So he's fine, though. Um, not in midseason form as I think it was Luke Jones of WSNT, WNST, whatever it is, said not in preseason, uh, not, in, not in midseason um, hurdling form just yet for Nick Boyle, who, of course, loves to hurdle. We all know that. Uh, but you know who looked really good last night? It was Chris Moore. Not to jump around here, but Chris Moore looked really good. Four catches, 54 yards, 13.5 average reception yardage, and a touchdown. It's kind of a long run, too. I think that was a 23-yarder. Listen, we all know Chris Moore has to do something because, you know, we've been waiting for Chris Moore. He's got the talent. He's got the measurables. He looks like he can be a good receiver every year. He just didn't pan out. Now, I mean, looking at these numbers, last week was great. This week is even better. He looks, I mean, it's preseason football, but he looks like he could be legitimate. A legitimate number, uh, not number one, but a legitimate starting wide receiver. That's what he looks like right now as we speak, as we sit, watch the preseason. He could be a starting receiver. Now, of course, you've got Willie Sneed in there, who's going to be our number one receiver. Marquise Brown, the first-round pick. Uh, and potentially Miles Boykin starting. But I think Chris Moore is going to start over Boykin. And Boykin didn't have a very good night, in all honesty. Three targets, no receptions. It's disappointing. It is very disappointing. Miles Boykin, I think, 
was one of those guys that just had to have a good night to, you know, keep that fast track towards towards an influential position on this roster going. Didn't do it. Didn't have the night he needed to. Didn't catch a single pass. And that's a problem for Miles Boykin. That's a big problem because, you know, he had a legitimate chance to start and he's dwindling it now because he can't catch all these balls. Now, are all these passes amazing to Miles Boykin that are just surefire catches in, in every other receiver's hands? No. But he's a big guy. He's got to make plays, and he, he doesn't do that. And if you watched the preview, and pre- not preview and predictions, if you watched my review of Miles Boykin, you know he doesn't do that. He didn't do it in college. He's got to change now. If he wants to get a starting position on this team at some point, may not be this year, he's got to go up and get those jump balls. But he is a third-round pick. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. He is a third-round pick. He's a guy that we can wait on. We can afford to wait on. We don't have to bank our offense on him right now. We can wait to see what he does. But I am encouraged by Chris Moore. At least one of these guys is starting to show up uh, in the preseason games, and hopefully Chris Moore will continue his play while Miles Boykin uh, will elevate his play. Um, now, Anthony Averett last night, he's a guy who was a little shaky, had some decent plays, let up some passes, got burned once for a touchdown. Not exactly the best night for Anthony Averett, but I, he was shaky last week too, I think. Had good moments, had bad moments. The interference, maybe, maybe not. That got challenged. I don't remember what exactly happened there with, you know, the outcomes. But he, he does have to step up. Um, I would like, I mean, he doesn't have to because he's, he's a depth guy. But with Tavon Young out, he's got an opportunity to get himself more involved. And if he wants to do that, he's going to have to step up. He's not going to get cut. It's obvious he won't get cut. He's a good, he's a good corner. He's a solid corner. He's, he could start for a lot of teams. But he's not a top corner on this team. And it's crowded. I get it. Because our top three corners, in Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, and Brandon Carr, could each be a number one corner on, like I said it before, 90% of NFL teams. So Anthony Avra has stiff competition. There's no question about that. But I would like to see him more reliable, more dependable, because Jimmy and Smith and Brandon Carr will not be around forever. I would love for them to be around forever, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love it. They are great players for us. But Jimmy's 31, and Brandon Carr is up there too, past 30. Now, Brandon Carr's never missed a game in his career. But, you know, he is getting older. Both these guys are getting older. They're not going to be here forever. We want to develop guys now. Anthony Averett looks to be like he could be that guy, but he's going to have to start stepping up. Second year is going to be big for him. I imagine he'll get more chances with Tavon Young out. Would like to see him do better. Um, You know, Pernell McPhee had a couple good plays. Got a QB hit in there. I think he got a sack. Did he get a sack? Um, No, it was someone else I'm thinking of. Um, Matthew Judon and Alvin Jones. Alvin Jones was the one I was thinking of for some reason who got the sack. Um, but Pernell McPhee had some good chases, had some good angles, setting the edge, and, you know, he could start. Honestly, he could start an edge rusher next to Matthew Judon on the opposite side. Now, you'll remember, of course, that Pernell McPhee was with the Ravens uh, on that Super Bowl run up to, I believe, 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Left, signed a big deal with the Bears, didn't pan out there. Uh, now he's back here after a stint in Washington. But, you know, he's looking to revitalize his career 
And he could, he honestly, I could definitely see him starting on the edge across from Matthew Judon. But Jalen Ferguson's a guy in there who a lot of people like as well. Uh, picked him in the third round. He last night got a tackle for loss. Um, you know, he's got to get better at finesse moves, you know, ways to get around um, offensive linemen and blockers because his bull rush won't cut it against bigger um, bodies in the NFL. If you watched my review of Jalen Ferguson, you know he really relies on that bull rush. But the pro- again, the problem is against more massive NFL bodies, it's going to be difficult to bull rush anybody uh, on a consistent basis. Not that he can't use it, but consistently over and over and over again like he did in college won't work. Um, but he had a, I think he had a good night, not a great night. Did well, didn't really make any huge mistakes. Um, if he's vying for the starting position, he will have to outplay Pernell McPhee. I don't think he's doing that at the moment. Um, but he definitely could. He, I mean, the last two weeks of the preseason will be telling for him because he reportedly took a big step in training camp and the new practices that are starting, um, this past week. Took a big step. Coaches loved it. Um, but he really hasn't put that on physical tape he hasn't put it out there on the field we haven't seen it yet from him you know the fans we the fans haven't seen it yet from him um will we see it we'll find out it's not exactly clear at the moment um but he's got time to develop he doesn't have to start right away he won't be a draft bust if he doesn't start right away i would like him to develop into a good pass rusher but we've got guys who can hold down the fort Shane Ray in here, I mean, isn't isn't amazing, but he because he's serviceable and Pernell McPhee is is proving that he's still got it. So we'll see how that develops um, over the the course of the rest of the preseason here. I think that's pretty much it on guys I want to talk about. Although Tyler Irvin did have some good um, kick returns in there, um, you know, Sean Monster didn't do as well as I was hoping. You know, he's a guy who's kind of on the border of the conversation to make the roster. But not really at this point. Um, yeah, there weren't really... There's not really anybody else we need to talk about. Um, no interceptions last night, so the secondary didn't really stand out. Although there was a bunch of pass deflections. I think there was three in total. Um, and believe it or not, Michael Pierce had one at the line of scrimmage, which was kind of nice. Um, and of course, Pierce is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. So yeah, again, the Ravens won the the second preseason game. 26-13 over the Green Bay Packers. Next week, they will go to Philadelphia, the super long trip up I-95 uh, to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, obviously. Um, maybe Carson Wentz will play this game. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play against the Ravens, had some back problems or whatnot before the game, didn't want to risk it. Um, but it would be nice to see Carson Wentz come out and play against the Ravens starting defense, kind of gauge where we are on that, especially that pass rush. Um, against a real quarterback in there who knows how to evade um, the pocket. I would like to see, and you know, ha- evade in the pocket, evade those pass rushers. I'd like to see how, how the Ravens, you know, front seven reacts to that. That'd be interesting. Um, I will be attending this game, so live tweets might be a little slower than normal because I will only have my phone versus the computer, but I will be in attendance for this game, uh, and it'll be fun. If, let me know if you're going out to that game, too. Um you know, it's, it's going to be fun. We'll see what the Ravens can do in this upcoming preseason game. And we've only got two more before we make cuts. So a lot of these guys we talked about, even guys we haven't talked about, whether it be, you know, Cole Herdman, Charles Scarf, you know, these wide receiver tight ends, uh, Joe Horn Jr., guys 
trying to do something out here, maybe not to make the Ravens roster, Tyler Irvin, but somebody else's roster. Because someone could use a kick returner, a receiver, a tight end. You know, EJ Ajaya, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, a linebacker in there someone could use. Guys, maybe Bennett Jackson. People are looking, teams are looking for depth players they sign after preseasons. Happens all the time. Um, so we'll see in these next two weeks. They're critical. Um, and of course, the regular season is starting in like three weeks, which is pretty amazing to think about now that we're so close to real football being played again. Um, so that's all we have to talk about on today's episode of Nest Talk. It's a little short just because we did have that episode on Tuesday, so there's less to talk about than normal. But we will be back to our regular schedule with a Friday episode after the um, preseason game against the Eagles, Week 3 preseason game in Philadelphia, 7.30 Eastern Time. Make sure you go or you watch or whatever you want to do. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, and we'll, of course, cover it live on on the uh, Baltimore Feather Twitter page and a little bit on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, this is Chris Linfont signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will see you next Friday um, with Nest Talk episode 41. I can't believe we are already on the 40th episode of Nest Talk, getting close to the special 50. And, of course, remember, next week we have a special guest. Uh, tune in to that show for some Ravens fantasy football talk. This is Chris Linfont signing out.